now, it's Thursday Finance with Stephen Pritchard, Certified Practicing Accountant and Financial Advisor. As we kick off Thursday Finance, Stephen on location this week, but Brett Hall is jumping in to uh, look after Thursday Finance. G'day Brett, what's on the big show today? Um, today we're going to go through the currencies, quantities, we'll have a talk to uh, Henry Jennings and then we'll... Uh finish off with a discussion on um, online scams. Currency and commodities, where's everything looking this week? Yeah, uh, not a lot of movement across the uh, commodities and currencies this week. A little bit of movement on the uh, on the stock market, but um, start off with commodities. Um, down 1% across most of them. Um, so gold's trading at $2,217 an ounce. Um, copper's trading at $8,384 a tonne. And uh, we got a nickel, and it's at um, we see twenty three thousand four hundred and twenty seven dollars. Two currencies, um, just a couple of the majors. The U.S. dollar trading today at uh, sixty seven cents, which is pretty much the same as it was last week. The same with the New Zealand dollar at a dollar and five, and the Canadian dollar at ninety cents. Move on to the stock market. Um, so this week, the uh, the markets recovered a little bit from from where we we're at last week when when it took the uh, took the dive and so somewhat in Australia we've covered, recovered uh, part of the way so it's up 1.2% uh, on last week so the All Ordinaries Index is at 6,572. Um, in the US um, market's up 2.7% uh, on last week at 2,924. Um, and then we'll just go on to a couple of the uh, stocks that we, we like to mention each week being BHP's down uh, to $35.25. The Commonwealth Bank up at $77.02, and uh, NIB Health Funds at $7.08, so it's down uh, a little bit over the last couple of weeks. It got up to a high of just over $8, and uh, Telstra is at $3.67, so it's also down. And lastly, uh, fuel prices. So the fuel's up this week, um, unleaded especially, at $1.43 and, uh, in Newcastle and in Sydney $1.51, and diesel at uh, $1.47 in Newcastle and $1.44 in Sydney. So, Henry, um, at the moment, it's probably one of the, the biggest topics in, I guess, in finance and economics is um, the, the trade war between um, the US and China. And Philip Lowe has said, uh, I think overnight or, or yesterday, um, that it's the, the biggest factor that will um, have an impact on, on the global economy. So it's still got some, yeah. some, some way to play out, do you believe? Yeah, and it's not just uh, you know, the U.S.-China uh, trade war, of course, has been much in focus, but there's also a bit of a scuffle going on between Japan and South Korea. And, mm-hmm. of course, um, um, being in the U.K. at the moment, it is just non-stop Brexit. And, uh, of course, um, October the 31st is where we're going to have a trade war between the U.K. and the rest of Europe as well. So mm-hmm. all these things are combining in uh, global growth terms to really put a, a bit of a drag on things. And uh, yep. the big Saviour, of course, is low interest rates and central banks pump timing and more stimulus, mm-hmm. which we've seen before, coming to the rescue of the economy. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly, Trump um, was on the White House lawn telling everyone he was the chosen one um, this morning, uh, talking about how he was taking on China over trade and he was the chosen one to do this, uh, which seems a bit uh, bizarre. But then it has been a bizarre week. He, on one stage this week, he wanted to buy Greenland, <laughs> which, which was quite crazy. And then Denmark said, you know what, the Greenland's not for sale. And uh, as a result, he got all um, Trump tantrums and uh, pulled the pin on a state visit. Yeah. Saying they were nasty to him. So oh, there's, there's a lot of unpredictable things going on in the world at the moment. Um, and the uh, China trade uh, issue, of course, is the, the biggest drag 
think once we get past these major disruptors, things like the, the trade war with China and, of course, Brexit, which is still looming, do you think things will settle down a bit there after that? Um... I, I, think they will. I, think the, I think the trade war we're going to be talking about in a year's time, to be quite honest. Um, this, mm-hmm. this isn't a quick fix. This isn't one that's going to be fixed by um, China saying, hey, we're going to take some soybeans. Um, that would not be good. I think, I think this is going to stretch for some time to come. It may be that we get a truce where the... Um, tariffs that are due to come in on the 1st of September uh, get pushed back. They've already pushed back some of those um, to the middle of December and I think that's going to be the rolling kind of threat that we'll see. But the underlying tariff situation and the underlying trade problem I think is going to be hanging around for a while. This is not just about trade, this is about dominance of the world. Mm. Um, the world is bifurcating into two uh, parts. You've got uh, the US on the, on the left and you've got the Chinese on the right of the globe and uh, they're battling for the middle ground which is the rest of us and um, at the moment it's, um, it, there's some you know, it, it, there's some pushback going on from both sides and they're both getting entrenched. This is going to take a long time. Mm-hmm. So Henry um, BHP um, at the moment are paying out record um, dividends and mm. then at the same time expressing some concerns over the future of their earnings as a consequence of the of the trade war and I guess a downturn in China which would you know decrease the demand for for their commodities so um, do you find mm. it do you find that I guess bizarre that they're you know paid out these dividends and didn't retain some of those to maintain dividends in the future if earnings are at, at risk or they've got sufficient um, well I think uh, you know resource stocks are always cyclical and mm. um, BHP did warn that uh, you know the iron ore price is not going to last forever it's a bit sort of after the fact thing the iron ore price has dropped 120 to 83 or whatever anyway so um, clearly that um, some of the activism by some of their shareholders has paid off for other shareholders in terms of getting the cash back into uh, investors hands rather than in BHP's hands mm-hmm. but um, yeah it, it's interesting I guess um, whether those dividends can be um, kept up and I, you know, they won't be that's the, that's the thing about resource companies they, they're very cyclical and uh, usually in the good times we've seen companies like BHP and Rio make very large acquisitions but this time the good times have come and they've paid it back to shareholders but um, when the bad times come shareholders have to sort of brace themselves I guess for far lower dividends and lower returns so enjoy it while it lasts guys because uh, these are cyclical businesses and commodities go up and they go down. Brett you've got a, a couple of interesting ones here uh, predictions for the future what's going on? Yeah Henry um so two, two companies that are, I guess, associated or impacted by the building industry being uh, Beacon Lighting and Fletcher Building. So Beacon mm. come out and said that uh, they're hoping or slightly, I guess, they're confirming that they're expecting a better year for 2020 with lower, um, lower, lower taxes, lower interest rates and potentially easier credit, whereas Fletcher Building are predicting 2020 to be a tough year, um, saying that, you know, that they're not seeing... Uh, positive forward orders, and they've, I think, uh, downgraded by around 20% of their expectations across the year. Yeah, so. it's weird, isn't it? Uh, how two companies can see things slightly differently. I, I guess they're at slightly uh, different ends mm. of the, uh, the building spectrum in terms of Fletcher Building is, is more the initial style of things, right? and Beacon Lighting is probably more to do with renovations and upgrading of lighting as mm. well as uh, new lighting systems. But, yeah, no, undoubtedly, I think, you know, we, we've seen... A, a, a plethora of companies come out and say that you know the worst has passed in housing. Um, the uh, Stockland guy mm-hmm. was out the other day. Uh, we've seen a number of other uh, CEOs talk. 
talking about that as well. So, you know, it, it kind of makes sense given that we've had some tax cuts, although the, the effect of that does seem to be quite minimal because of the fact that it's it's kind of a, a diluted um, tax cuts and it, it does mm. involve putting your, your, your form in and getting your money back. Mm. Um, I imagine they're quite busy. I know I've put my form in and haven't got any money back yet. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it does require banks to free up the credit procedure mm-hmm. um, and certainly that um, does seem to still be an issue at least according to uh, the guy with Scotland yep. um, which is seeing some sort of issue still with that so um, but yeah I think you know looking at the auction clearance rates and all that sort of stuff I think that we're seeing that and it should both better for the sector better for beacon lighting and probably better for Fletcher's which has been through a pretty uh, tough time I have to say recently yeah yeah and then um Moving on to the next, uh, the next stock or company is Domino's. So they're looking for uh, for, for uh, avenues <laughs> to increase their sales after after um, having some, I guess, some pressure against them in terms of their revenue and um, looking for sales growth overseas. Yeah, Domino's is a funny one, isn't it? I think it's about the third or fourth earnings miss they've made in a row, mm. um, and certainly you know they're under pressure and they've had some issues. Um, they've tried to sell themselves as a tech company, and that really hasn't um, hasn't worked in the long term. They have had a bit of a bounce recently, mm-hmm. and certainly the, the worst seems to be over in the market as being a little bit more forgiving in them. But um, you know, we're seeing some pretty um, pretty warm weather in Europe, even in the UK, and uh, we've seen that that does affect the way um, people consume food, and maybe mm-hmm. pizzas aren't really part of that. So. Um, I, I'm not a fan of the stock, I must admit, but it has, has sort of perked up a little bit. But I think, um, you know, it's it's all about um, opening new stores. At the end of the day, Domino's Pizza is a business that sells franchises to people that want to make pizza and want to have their own business. Yep. And then it feeds off the back of that. And maybe we're just seeing a little bit of relief that the franchise industry isn't getting quite so shellacked as it was recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are taking back more stores themselves into the, the Domino's fold rather than uh, letting franchisees run them and being disgruntled. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe they've turned the corner, but for me, it's still, uh, I'd still think there's probably better value elsewhere. And I, I yeah. struggle to see their competitive advantage in, in these days of you know, Uber Eats and Deliveroo. You, know, you can get good pizza from anywhere now with, yeah. on the back of a motorbike. Or even just other other options. You know, it's not just pizza yeah. before. Yeah. You know, pizza yeah, is probably the, right. the only right. delivery you option. Know, there's still massive price pressures. I think on you know when you're buying uh, the, the, the pickup pizza for five bucks or whatever, mm. it doesn't leave a lot of room, a lot of margins in there for the, for the franchisee or the or the, the, um, the franchisor. As always, thank you very much, Henry Jennings. On location, now you got a meeting with Boris Johnson right. in the morning, I believe. Uh, well, Bojo's actually heading to Biarritz for the G7 meeting, which I think is going to be uh, interesting. But watching UK TV, I have to say, uh, if Brexit wasn't existing, I don't know what they would talk about because it is all Brexit at the oh, moment. Easy. Everything is Boris Johnson, Brexit, and Prince Andrew and uh, the Jeffrey Epstein thing as well. So that's the only thing. It's right, BBC mate. is just full of it. Maybe some more two runnies reruns. As always, Henry, you have a good trip. We'll talk to you next time. Scams, the online scams mm-hmm. in particular. Most of us have seen a dodgy email. Yep. Now the scammers are getting better at those. They get they're copying, pasting better photos and better links, but they're also getting very specific in what they're targeting. The one actually targeted uh, the office where you guys operate. How, how did this scam come about? What happened? Yeah. So um, 
the scammers contacted one of our clients and uh, well actually it's happened to two of our clients that uh, that we're aware of and so um, they contacted the the taxpayer and and said to them that they had an outstanding uh, tax liability and they need to pay it uh, immediately and if they didn't pay it immediately then a, a warrant would be issued for their arrest and they'd be arrested by the end of the day and um, so these both clients were obviously panicked and as uh, you would as you would and and, and so the phone numbers um, that appeared on their mobile phone came from an ACT number that even you know had scrolling across underneath the number Canberra so it kind of again legitimizes for them a little bit more that uh, that it could be real mm. and uh, they said that they'd attempted to contact um, their tax agent and uh, no no um, payment had been forthcoming so therefore it was now at the final debt collection stage and they they needed to um, needed to uh, pay immediately via credit card so um, you know the high, high pressure situation and you know both times they, they sensed it wasn't right but what the uh, scammers did say well okay you call us back and um, and we gave them a number and uh, they did that and then they said, oh, look, we're going to get your... Um, asked who their tax agent was, and then said, we're going to get the tax agent on the line for you, which they proceeded to get uh, another scammer on the phone and said, yes, I'm from I'm from Reeves Pritchard. And they uh, said, yes, it's it's true. Meanwhile, the whole thing was, was a scam. Neither client came un, unstuck. They were, you know, they picked up on the situation, didn't seem right, and ended it. But, um, but you know, I guess these scammers definitely do catch people out. Again, getting more sophisticated. So the phone calls come through, they've rang back, and by the end of it, they're actually believing that they're speaking to, again, this now second phone call, believing that it was somebody from your office. Yep. Uh, clearly it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it, the more that this goes on, you've got the panic in the back of your mind. Yep. It's legitimised because you're now believing you're talking to mm-hmm. not only the tax man, but my accounting firm. Yep. Neither of which are in the loop of this at all. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, so they're, they're getting clever, you know. And, and um, you know, I guess there's um, you know, there's some some things that people can do, you know, whether it be telephone scams or emails or text messages. There's there's things that um, you know you can do, and that we, we'll we'll run through in a minute to, I guess, validify whether it is a scam or or not. How and, often um, in in your day to day do you actually? come across people that have either been a pro- not necessarily this particular scam but of mm. oh yeah well, I've received a dodgy email or I've got some phone numbers and, and they've, they've tried to sort of access uh, yep. money and, and potentially identity theft. Oh look if, you, if your email address is out there and you know in the domain in some way whether it be you know through entering um, uh, raffles or you know supplying information um, you know to, through websites you know most people will probably get a you know an attempted scam you know and for me personally, I probably get a, an email every day. Most of them get picked up by the by the spam filter, but mm-hmm. um, you know, probably you know, weekly wouldn't wouldn't be uncommon for for people to you know receive um, communications from scammers. I mean, it's so so common now. And, and of course, I'm still got to get back to that Nigerian prince that that's got that fifteen million dollars for me too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's a he, he wants a hundred thousand dollars to start with to, <laughs> to get transferred across. So, yeah, they're getting more sophisticated and more of them. So we'll we'll come back and uh, talk a little bit more about scams, uh, Brendan, uh, yep. and some of the things that you can do mm-hmm. uh, to hopefully prevent that from happening. And also, if you believe that you have fallen victim, some of the ways to get uh, to get out of it. So, I believe you'll be back next week, Brett. Yeah, that's right. Sam, we'll be back next week. Okay, good times. Now, we're talking scamming today, and we want to sort of have a look through at some of the practical ways that we can... Uh, I mean, you can never completely foolproof it, but there's some ways you can actually protect as best you can your personal information. Yeah, that's right. And um, I think the, the, uh, the, 
the first tip is that if you ever are unsure, then don't be afraid to, to end the call or ignore the email. Make your own inquiries through an independent source of contact. So looking up there, your own, don't don't just reply or, or take uh, the phone number they may give you over the phone. Independently find the correct phone number through you know the phone book or or the internet, and then make and then call back and and uh, make your own inquiry. Oh, that's it. Because if if they, if they the company or the tax man or whoever they actually want to talk to you, they'd be more than happy to get a call from you. Absolutely. Um, but just yeah, you're best to avoid the email because and a lot of times a lot of companies will say, look, we never contact people by email. Correct. Uh, particularly banks that want you to give uh, login and things like that. But correct. People, you can't remember that on a day to day basis. Yeah, exactly. And and, and in the day. Even if it is legit, and if they are chasing you for you know an outstanding bill, um, you know that's fine. Just uh, if if it was a legitimate call or a legitimate email, it doesn't matter that you know you you just avoid that particular um, contact and and go back via another means. So that's a way of I guess uh, legitimising whether it's uh, a scam or or real. There are a couple of other ones here, and and one thing that we I guess for most of us just don't do often enough, and that's destroy beyond recognition any of those unwanted documents before chucking them in the bin yeah absolutely i mean it, it um you know in terms of uh your identity and personal information i mean it, it should safeguard that at uh, at all costs so you know if there's uh you know old notices or or copies of documents yeah you should should shred those before putting them putting them out in the bin that's for sure uh one that we probably have all have done at one time avoid entering competitions that ask for our personal details yeah absolutely i think it's important to um you know just be cautious when you're actually supplying information um to you know to to uh for, for whatever reason just i guess have your um your wits about you in terms of saying do I, this is information really necessary so especially things like your tax file number um you know if they're asking for you know uh, you're filling in forms where you're required to disclose things like your mother's maiden name or mm. you know those sorts of things. Just be just be cautious and only supply that information when absolutely necessary. The last one I'm going to gloss over. I'll just get angry with you. Strong passwords. Yeah, that's and then right. don't write them down. <laughs> but then make sure you remember it. But make sure it's strong enough that no one can get. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and just those those little things. You know, changing passwords regularly. Um, you know, not always using the same password. Um, and you know, making them making them difficult. If we do believe that we've been scammed or threatened by a scam, there are a couple of places we can direct ourselves to get a little bit more information, Brett. That's for sure. Yeah. So there's there's three really good government um, websites. So um, those are MoneySmart.gov.au, which is a um, so it's not just about scams. It's it's also um, you know got some good tips on there around um, you know financial management and, and things to to look out for updates on, on things within the financial industry um, that, that, are, that are good for um, for reading. But, yeah, it has information about the latest scams. Um, so then the other one, uh, the other is um, ACORN, which is um, uh, acorn.gov.au, which is uh, the website you would go to if you need to report um, a scam, whether you actually were a victim of, of, a, um, of a scam or, you know, you just want to report something that you picked up on that, that was a scam. So you can report those through there. So they're really important because the, the government uses that, that information. One is obviously to assist um, if you have been, but also they collect data uh, in relation to the current trends so they can obviously commit their resources to the, to the right areas to um, try and stop scams or try and catch uh, scammers in the act so so that's an important website to to go to if you have been um scammed and um and last is cyber so cyber.gov.au 
So three really good websites to, to use in the, in the event that you've um, been scammed. Yeah, probably add Scam Watch to that as well. Now, yep. we're going to change tactic for around 60 seconds before, 60 seconds before you go there, Brad. Uh, an email's come through. Uh, the general was born in 1963, so he can access superannuation at 58. Is it true that it's taxed? And at what rate? And if he waits till 60, is it tax-free? Yeah, right. That's a, So um, some critical bits of information there. So, um, so in terms of... Um, so just summarising that. So born in 63, therefore yep. can access super at 58. Yep. Will it be taxed? So at 60, it won't be... So there's some critical bits there. There's not just... Mm. There's some, yeah. some so other So if you wait till 60, no, yep. no. Beforehand, possibly. Correct. Oh, there we yep. go. So That's yeah, there's, there's some other elements there to, to that. So sure. sort of a, a broad... Yeah, I'll obviously make an appointment uh, with a with a, a, a financial expert to, to nut out the extra bits. But essentially, if you wait till you're 60, you may yeah. not have the day. Yep. All right, we're done. Brett, thank you so much. A great uh, insightful program, particularly on the uh, the uh, scam stuff. Moneysmart.gov.au, uh, acorn.gov.au, cyber.gov.au. Thank you for your time. No worries. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.